Hi, everyone, and welcome to Be True, my podcast about the writing I love and the writing I do. Are you kidding me? I promise I won't rhyme the whole time. That was Super Dave Osborne. Look him up. I'm John Tessitore, and today, Shaken Earth Was Not His Enemy, from my little book, My City of Yesterday. You can find it and all my work at johntessitore.com. My City of Yesterday is a favorite of mine. I worked with two visual artists to make it happen. Ted Randler's painting, He Dreamt of Rousseau in the Moonlight, graces the cover. And gracing the inside, Pete Shorney's pastel drawings of scenes from the life of Odysseus. And for my part, it includes some of my favorite poems, a few of them among the best I've ever written. And the book follows an ancient story arc. A man leaving home, getting lost, returning changed, It's roughly a version of Odysseus in the American suburbs, and there is epic imagery throughout. But it's mostly Homeric in the sense that most lives are Homeric, in the way we're all changed by choice, fate, luck, experience. Not just epic mortals and demigods, but all of us. I never set out to write a book like this. Who in his right mind would take on Homer? Or worse, James Joyce. It's another tessitory axiom, never take on James Joyce. But I realized one day that I had been writing a lot of wandering and wanderlust poems and some heartache poems all set along the shoreline by the ocean. I guess the Long Island boy was missing his beaches. Around that time, I had lunch with one of my closest friends, the son of Greek immigrants, and his father joined us. And suddenly I was feeling very Greek and seafaring Indeed. And my poems started falling into place. It was as if they were fated to fall into place. And that's a theme of this episode, incidentally, and one of the themes of my city of yesterday. The ins and outs of fate and faith. The section I'm reading today is a moment of gratitude, a recognition of good fortune, fated or not. And it was born in a moment of real gratitude, too, which I'll get to. Shaken earth was not his enemy as he staggered out of the river, nor was the sting of his isolation. Instead, he dreaded being naked with only a broadleaf for cover. That was real danger. A stray dog is always vulnerable, but that, the sharp rasp of the sun, a neat slice through the vein, that was too slow and ordinary a death, and he, once godlike, preferred his darkness and soon he yearned for his prison again, until he met the white-armed Nausicaa, lured to him by the gray-eyed Athena, an elaborate trick, possibly needless, but to a lonely sailor left for dead, a heap on a beach somewhere in Phaeacia, she seemed a sudden stroke of luck. This section follows a scene from Book 6 of The Odyssey, and borrows some language from it, too. A very quick summary of that scene. Odysseus, having run afoul of the god Poseidon, finds himself without his ship and crew, marooned on the island of Phaeacia, naked. That's when Athena, Odysseus's champion among the gods, coaxes a beautiful young woman, Nausicaa, to care for him, and set him back on his path home to Ithaca. Nausicaa is, in human terms, 
a lucky break, a twist of fate, the right person at the right time. She's also, as my poem says, an elaborate trick, possibly needless. If you step back and survey the entirety of the story, so much of the Odyssey and so much of our own lives, so many events and details, so many challenges, seem needless in hindsight. Did Odysseus really need to be marooned on Phaeacia before finding his way back to Ithaca? All those passive-aggressive Greek gods using humans to do their dirty work for them, when they could just do it themselves. When Athena could save Odysseus without mucking up the works by introducing a potential love interest. Nausicaa was a beautiful young woman who might rival Odysseus's beloved wife, Penelope, and delay his journey even further, and keep him on Phaeacia indefinitely. I'm sure he was tempted. But that's how life works, too. Sometimes we encounter the right person at the right time who would be the wrong person under any other circumstance. And sometimes that person is exactly what is required to keep us whole, give us self-knowledge, set us on our path. Sometimes a poem or a song or a painting is like that, too. In any case, we don't get to choose what is needless and what is needed in the moment. We just have to live, survive, maybe decide later. So I'm sitting at my desk one day, looking at all these poems and fragments that seem related, wondering how to package them all, when I start texting with Ted Randler. I love Ted's work. He's a traditional painter influenced by contemporary technology, by the artistic unit of the pixel. His paintings are like a modern form of pointillism, very meticulous figurative paintings, storytelling in bright bursts of color. And that day... Ted asked if maybe I'd like to do something sometime with one of his paintings. Uh, yeah, Ted, I would. Do you have any scenes by the water, I asked. And he sent me the painting of a naked man rising from a river, which he called, he dreamt of Rousseau in the moonlight. Within seconds, my very next question. Is it okay if I use this as the cover of my next book? My next book. (laughs) I didn't know My City of Yesterday was my next book. I still have other manuscripts in the drawer, waiting. But I picked up my pencil and drafted an ekphrastic poem right then and there, a poem that responded directly to Ted's painting and also filled in a gap in the story arc of My City of Yesterday. Until I wrote Shaken Earth, my Odysseus was never depicted as arriving somewhere else in the story. I depicted him leaving, but I needed to make the point clear. He went somewhere. I needed him to climb out of the water. And there was Ted's painting. Fate. Perhaps fate is meeting the right person at the right moment. I had my book cover and finished my long poem on the very same day after a conversation with Ted. I had an equally shocking and important conversation the very next day with Pete Shorney, who just happened to have a series of Odysseus scenes in a folder in his desk, But that's a story for another day. Today I'm thinking about opportunity, chance, fate, about Odysseus crawling out of the water to find Nausicaa, about Ted and Pete offering collaboration. I have been shockingly bad at responding to opportunity in my life, to chance and fate, even as they almost slapped me in the face. I've had my successes, but I've said no way more than I've said yes. And that too is a story for another day. 
but it explained my interest in writing a poem like My City of Yesterday, in projecting a story about travel and adventure onto real life, which feels so stagnant at times, especially in suburbia. Maybe if you keep your eyes open, John, maybe if you say yes a few times, you may end up shipwrecked on fascia, I've been there too, but you may also find experience or do something great, possibly heroic. Come on, John, just say yes once in a while. Go for a swim, (laughs) take a trip, choose adventure. Nausicaa is waiting. And so, in the hope that you say yes a little more often than seems comfortable, this is John Tessitore concluding another installment of Be True. If you've listened this long, thank you. You can find more about my city of yesterday at johntessitore.com. But first, check out the work of Ted Randler at randler.gallery. R-A-N-D-L-E-R, and of Pete Shorney on Instagram, at Peacock Pete, all one word. They're both humanists in the best sense. Special thanks to me for today's theme music, which I call d <laughs> Maybe we'll talk again. And if you enjoyed this little podcast, leave some stars or a review and tell your friends. In the meantime, I gotta feed the dog. All right, Luna, I'm coming, Jesus Christ.